0: Well, we've all heard the apocalyptic predictions about Social Security, the national debt, and other major issues that are supposed to sink the economy. But many of these predictions have merit in the years ahead. So today, what we want to try to do is separate sensationalism from reality. We'll do that, of course, with Tim Dyer. Coming up.
1: When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management, and he could be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play.
0: Glad to have you back inside the Retirement Power Play podcast. I've been George with Tim Dyer, wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management there in San Diego. And Tim, good to talk to you again. Are you, uh, you, you buying these apocalyptic predictions at all or generally you just kind of look at them and and just kind of shrug them off because you know they they sell they sell copy and they sell advertising
2: no come on um well <laughs> i'll say this uh if anybody you know knows me or has, has met me i'm a, generally a very optimistic person um i like to think i have a, a shred of common sense so i you know <laughs> i understand that, that there are other things that um, it's not just all roses and rainbows or whatever they say but You know, I got a I remember when I worked at a previous firm, one of the head strategists, somebody that you'd see on CNBC all the time, he used to say, you know, you want to be very careful about betting against the end of the world. Number one, uh, it only happens once. And when it does it, I guess it really doesn't matter. Right. So we have to live our lives. um, But, you know, yes, to your point sometimes um in every gra- i don't want to say in every every great lie but may- maybe I'll say in every great apocalyptic quote there's a shred of truth about it right it's stemming from something that has merit but then it usually gets kind of uh amped up on uh steroids to kind of move the needle one way or another, whether it's sell magazines or more eyeballs on TV or whatnot. But no, no, no. Let's break down a couple of them and see if we can dispel some myths.
0: Yeah, let's see how many of these predictions you want to stuff into the penalty box today on this episode. <laughs> uh, how about this one? Social Security, you start here. It's going broke, and they're going to have to cut everyone's benefit. So that's, that's the huge apocalyptic prediction is that this is not going to be around anymore at some point. What do you think?
2: Yeah, my, my, friend, uh, my friend Tom Hagna used to have a funny— funny quote. He'd say, look, if you ever want to get the answer to that question, um, you know, Social Security, you know, he says, just just go down, you'll get your answer at Waffle House. Uh, you know, I'm. Okay. they don't have many of them here in San Diego, in San <laughs> California. I don't even think they have any. But when you travel, you know, these Waffle House, he says, go down to Waffle House at 530 in the morning. And you'll see this, this table of wise men, you know, the four or five guys having their coffee at 545 in the morning. And you ask them, you know, what's going on? Oh, you got to get it now. Get it now. Get it while they're getting good. You know get it the country's going broke get that social security 62 62 62 and is that the right answer well no that might not be the right answer for everybody it's different right you've got spouses continual benefits a full retirement um the way social security gets gets paid out um is there's a myriad of combinations on that it's not just start the clock now okay i tell you that story the waffle house story because this this is probably one of the more common apocalyptic predictions that i hear here's the thing about social security yes there, there is an issue i know um david walker the former comptroller of the united states said that he wrote in a kind of popular book hey 2030 the uh the social security treasury fund will be bra- will be bankrupt right so well that's not a good thing right that that can alarm people but Here's the thing, it, it it doesn't just stop there. Like there are things that could happen. Now, again, there's a few ways that we can handle this. You can raise taxes, you can balance a budget, you know, cut spending a little bit. But I want to clear up one thing, actually, that that I think of a lot when it comes to social security. A lot of people think that they're contributing into Social Security, and it's sort of like an escrow account that has their name on it, and then when they get to a certain age, they can start taking income from that. And that's not how it works. The way it works is the dollars that you're putting in are, are going in the front door and they're immediately going out the back door to people that are taking those benefits now. Okay, And so what happens is, you know, the amount of people that are putting money in and the amount that they're putting in, um, you know, it's uh, it, it should cover or match the amount of dollars that are coming out. That isn't always the case because some of the benefits that have been promised at certain rates, um, you know, those numbers don't line up. So here's the thing. Social Security in and of, in and of itself um, will not go away. That That isn't the argument, although that's what some of the predictions that scare people are. But it, it will get augmented, you might not be able to get until say, 62 and a half or 63 or the starting points might change. But and, and you know, look, a, a, a little change like that would have a big impact, right? Because you're talking about 10s of millions of people monthly over 30 years kind of deal. But you know, I think that I think the key issue is Social Security is not going broke. But if you're approaching Social Security age, coming into you know 60 61 62 starting to plan you need to run a social security plan an income plan to figure out what option is right for you again if you're a high income earner and maybe you have a spouse that isn't working you know you might want to delay right because if something happens to you your spouse gets that higher amount for the rest of their life so you know I guess you could say a general rule of thumb on social security is the the breadwinner would delay and then maybe the other spouse would would start taking immediately. But anyways, um, I, I think the predictions of Social Security going broke, and that no one's getting nothing. <laughs> I don't think that's, uh, that's something that we need to be overly concerned with at this
0: point. All right, that's good news. Well, the national debt, it is out of control. There's no denying that. But the Apocalyptic prediction is that tax rates are going to go through the roof at some point. Now, I know we, we got things, uh, the tax code currently, I guess, is around for another year, right? And then it could change. But where do you see future tax rates going? You worried?
2: Yeah, I am worried about this. Um, you know, th- when we talk about the national debt, right, it's a, it's a massive number, right? Um, you know, it, it, you can't even keep track of it. it it's moving so fast. But i you know at last <clears throat> there's there's a website out there uh what's it called debtclock dot org yeah depressing I site. is the website yeah um, I think that's it, but yeah th- th- that shows where well no that's not u s
0: oh look at you
2: you are my computer guru now <laughs> uh national debt thirty four trillion right now, and by the time we're done this program it'll probably you know thirty four trillion uh, one hundred billion so it's moving fast, but what's important is when we look at what is our debt as a percentage of our economy right it's it's almost like the economy or GDP gross domestic product it's almost as if that is equivalent to somebody's income, and the national debt is sort of like their credit card debt right now right now the the debt is about what is it one hundred and eighteen 118% I believe last time I checked um of our GDP. So that is pretty high uh, <laughs> historically, right? It, yeah. You know, that and that's been trending up fast. But it doesn't necessarily mean it has to stay there. For example, if you had a $100,000 a year salary and you had uh, $120,000 of debt, right? You'd have a negative net worth. Okay. That has some negative consequences, but you may um be making some changes, maybe you're in between selling two properties, you know whatever it is in this example, and you may get a forty thousand dollar bonus okay well, you pay down the debt and now you're at you know eighty uh, you know eighty 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 thousand if you will on a hundred thousand of income so it, it can have a massive swing now I'm not saying that all of a sudden. Uh, what is it 40 trillion dollars is gonna fall out of the sky (laughs) Mm. but the point is is that really that percentage is is something that we're looking at the absolute dollar amount of the debt I mean that'll scare anybody because it's a number that's almost too big to comprehend but so when we look at this is what does that mean to investors and retirees it's is the national debt out of control I would argue that yes it is, um, especially over the last, you know, four to six years as we're coming out of COVID. And all the things that needed to be done for that. uh, Some of the just the wild spending, okay, we we know that. So you had mentioned at the beginning of this about, you know, tax rate are going to change. Now, I thought we taught you deeper than this, Ben. (laughs) Uh, It's not one year, it's, uh, it's actually going to be in two more years. So more years, okay, 2024. 2025 so december 31st 2025 the tax cuts that came into effect under the trump administration go away and we go back or sunset as they call it back to our previous rates okay so the you know it's funny the way they do it is i've mentioned this this sunsetting is a sneaky way of saying look this is not a tax hike right it's just saying well we're gonna hike rates from a to b you know from 15 percent to 22 percent well it's not they're not hiking rates they're just reverting them back oh by the way in parentheses they were higher before so yes it's a de facto rate but so that's already going to happen now we could see legislation changes now to be fair we could see legislative changes that either hold the current tax cuts or lower them i mean again it's it's improb it's a low probability event but it doesn't mean it's impossible um, the more likely scenario is that, you know, we sunset to higher rates and that some of the tax brackets and tax rates in those brackets uh, could go much higher. So I think this is a, a bigger issue than the Social Security per se. But unlike some conventional wisdom, we don't have to pay off the national debt, you know, to zero. Right. We, we, it's it's not like there's uh, an end of the world or end of end, end of um what's the word I'm looking for? Like there's no maturity date on it. Yeah. But based on our credit worthiness and our, you know, again, debt to income, if you will. That's how other sovereign nations view the dollar. And then that affects a whole bunch of things, right? Remember from economics 101 imports, exports, and, you know, dollar gets strong, dollar gets weak. Um, If people aren't investing in the US dollar, or specifically, if they're not buying US Treasury bonds, well, then that's less debt that we can float to pay for our bills. And that can create kind of a little cascading effect. So um, that's, you know, look, that's something that it's it's constantly um, being dealt with. Um, I don't want to drone on about it, but uh, it's a problem. Uh, but is it at the end of the world? You know, probably not the um, one of the worst case scenarios that happens is that just, you know, the, the, the dollar gets completely devalued. And, you know, that could be a bad thing. But again, that's an extreme scenario. There's a lot of things that need to happen for that to happen. And it's easy to get on top of a mountain and scream, these horrible things are going to happen to get some attention. But the system is incentivized to protect itself to a certain degree, Um, not to a 100% degree. But you know, there is a incentive to make sure that you know, our economy doesn't collapse obviously. Yeah. So, that's what I have to say about that.
0: Well, one of the one of the areas where people have been screaming quite a bit about is climate change um it being a serious problem and you know, the the prediction people keep saying that our economy needs to be completely overhauled in order to deal with it. And that's kind of the prediction people are making.
2: Greta, do we have Greta online too? <laughs> <laughs> all right i couldn't resist um course, look i don't have a big opinion on this uh i guess controversially at least so climate change being a serious problem i i would you know i would tend to agree with this that we need to be cognizant of the fact that you know weather and climate as a has an impact certainly on the human species but i think it's the sort of the depth and magnitude of this overhaul to deal with it that's that's kind of the troublesome parts i mean here in california i i don't remember it's 2030 or 2035 like all you know gas combustion cars are to be cease you know cease to exist and it's like okay I, you know i i get it there are some things that we've got to sort of pull the band-aid on but i think we've got a lot of policy in place uh, currently that i don't know if we have the data to back it up uh, where it is now so look this is a retirement uh podcast i think that uh climate change is uh, to each person it kind of has different levels just like people have different risks in the market but as it comes to uh investing you know we want to look at at as that policy changes maybe infrastructure gets expanded you know which sectors and in those sectors which companies uh, can do well from that right maybe material companies because they're providing or energy shifts from you know coal to clean energy and solar and, th- and those types of things so they all have a ripple effect and I think that's the bigger picture but I'm, I'm not the person it's way above my pay scale to kind of determine uh, what needs to be done specifically around climate change. And that's what I got to say about
0: that. <laughs> well, we got a few more, um, areas of, of concern, inflation being one of them. We've seen it come back a little bit, but the big concern is that runaway inflation is going to rock the economy for years to come, not just the impact this year, but for years ahead.
2: Mm. Well, we probably heard that more a year ago when inflation was really, you know, so, you take inflation that goes from a historical average of three even though we were below that before this recent spike it goes from three to nine you know that's a massive percent change upwardly you know 200 percent gain but at the same time we get these huge percentage gains we also see some opportunity where it can pull back so look, it's 2024, interest rates and inflation are are under control and they're stabilizing. So I don't think this is something that just rips apart you know, the economy in the near term uh, for years to come. So it's always a concern. By the way, and it doesn't mean inflation is zero. It's always going to erode our purchasing power in the future. And yeah. it's important as a retiree to know that when you retire, whether it's at 60, 65, 70, whatever age it is, you know, there is decades of life projected, uh, life expectancy after that. And so when you think about what dollars that you're gonna need for your 80 or 85 or 90 year old self, you know, you need to plan for that today. And, um, you know, using the power of of markets and compounding and interest and those things, it helps keep you inflation, it keeps you ahead of that taxes and inflation uh, problem, you know, that does exist on a consistent basis, but I don't think uh, runaway inflation is uh, in the cards uh, for us in the near term.
0: We got into the housing market a little bit in our last episode as we were looking ahead at 2024 and looking at some predictions. But it, interest rates, which have kind of hopefully hit their peak here in the last year, um, but the fear is that those high interest rates are just going to grind the economy to a halt because there's going to be eventually a, a crash in the housing market because no one wants to move. Right? Everybody's sitting on a 3% interest rate on their current home. There's no reason to get out and pay a 7% rate, 8% rate. So the big fear is that eventually the housing market will come to a crash. What do you think?
2: Yeah. Like I said, we did, we did talk about that a little bit in the last episode. I don't necessarily, th- well, look, a crash in the housing market would be an apocalyptic event, I guess, right? <laughs> a crash. I, I just think houses moved up so fast so quickly and so much because rates were low, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they come crashing down. They might, le- they may level and stay that way for a while and sort of let the economics catch up with it, if that makes sense. There's always a seesaw effect to these things, right? Or collateral damage, if you, if you will. You think about it, we've talked about how higher interest rates affect the housing market, but if we talked about how higher interest rates now at CDs cash money market those things are paying five you know four and a half five sometimes even six percent now you're getting instead of getting point zero one return on something uh, your money markets like we were just a few short years ago now you're actually getting a return on your investment so that may create a little bit of an offset right uh to the effect that that's happening in the housing market but it is a tricky situation you know this is this is one of of the ones that we've talked about this is one that's kind of front and center right now um but you know populations are always growing and people are always adjusting and in some cases fine maybe people don't move because they don't want to you know hop out of a three percent interest rate that's fine but things happen people die houses get moved inherited sold people change jobs i mean at some point some of this demand starts to build up and we could see if interest rates come down and specifically mortgage rates come down with it we could see like a massive you know surge in the housing market again which could be the exact opposite if we could instead of a crash we could see a you know another little bubble so but we'll just again we'll have to kind of get out the proverbial popcorn and uh, and see what happens there but um the show must go on.
0: Yeah, it always does. All right, last one for you, Tim. And, and there's been a lot of concern about, you know, a lot of the the wealth moving to the 1%, right? And the fear for a lot of people is that all throughout the year 2030, um, you're going to mm. own nothing and you're going to be happy. That's the big fear is that more and more people are not owning, they're renting, and it's all getting uh, eaten up by either companies or individuals, conglomerates, whatever it is. But fewer and fewer people are actually going to own anything.
2: Well, I think, I think at this point, we should just change this podcast to the uh, the, the, the real estate power play. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it, it is interesting to kind of see this next millennial or the, uh, what's the one after it is, Gen, Gen, Gen Z, millennial? Gen after Z. this,
0: what's that? Yeah, Gen Z.
2: Yeah, Gen Z. Okay, so, but to see the kind of tail end of millennials and Gen Z's um, emerging and this sort of, quote unquote, American dream of like, just owning a home it's it's lower on the priority list and that's okay i I think that's just a certain evolution right and if people want to work from laptops from costa rica or you know vacation homes or airbnbs around you know that's okay um that's gonna then you start to see some disruption in in maybe the real estate market but then there's people that are buying homes for people to you know start like an airbnb business right so it, it creates some demand there um, I don't know. I mean, there's something about uh, home equity um, and having roots and even some community that, that impacts, can impact um, happiness, life satisfaction, financial. And there's also the financial aspect aspects of that. But, you know, to think if you're 20, if it's year 2030 and you own nothing and you're happy, terrific. Um, I think at 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 a minimum, it just creates some opportunities in in different areas, which are, are are trends to kind of keep an eye out for.
0: All right, well, that's not all doom and gloom as some people might make you uh, think, but there are some things to be concerned about and prepare for. And of course, again, it all comes down to planning and and being prepared for whatever comes our way. We can't predict the future, but you can't have a plan in place to to manage your wealth and investments and be ready for retirement. If you have questions for Tim over at Dyer Wealth Management there in La Jolla, California, you can always call 858-459-3937. Again, 858-459-3937. Good stuff, Tim. Thanks for talking us off the ledge a little bit today. We appreciate that as always, and we'll do it again soon.
2: Yeah, we'll be more optimistic on the next one.
0: (laughs) I hope so. Not a promise, Tim. Take care.
1: The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Sage Capital Advisors LLC DBA Dire Wealth Management employees making such comment and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place.